Here we are, John, once again. How you doing, bud? Hey, what's up, Matt? How are you? Oh, I'm doing great, doing great. You know, here it is, once again, episode 38 of Two Noobs Talking. Man, it's a lot. 38 episodes. That's crazy, isn't it? That's oh, like, gosh. Kurt Schilling. World Series. Yeah, <laughs> Kurt Schilling. Well, there you go. We were kind of just thinking of, like, names for players yeah, and stuff like that. That's about it. 30. I mean, I'm sure there's a billion other ones, but I can't think of any off the top of my yeah, head. Exactly. We did go... We did go Pavel Dimitra, but I mean, that's only me, you, Steve, Eddie, and maybe, you know, a few two others other that kind of know. <laughs> maybe oh, the St. Louis area. <laughs> exactly. Welcome again. No, not that. Welcome to the crew. There you go. Exactly. Welcome once again to another episode of Two Noobs Talking, of course, uh, with my buddy John Tracy, who is now officially back again in, the studio. in his home base in Texas, in, in studio, not racking up those frequent driver miles as, as before. I'm, of course, Matt Craig, still in the bunker uh, here uh, in KOP in King of Prussia, just outside Philly. Happy you're with us. We got another great show, John, don't we? Yes, My sir, gosh, we this is amazing because you know we alluded to this last episode, uh, episode 37, of course, where we have this New York State Bar Association report. So let's just dive right into that report, shall we? Please. This is a, this is. Bear with us, audio listeners. We're going to try our best. The best to see this is going to be on YouTube, just so everybody knows, because there's a lot. There is so much. Of course, like this is 242-page report detailing the entire um, pandemic in New York State, really from start to finish. It is an excellent, excellently written report uh, from top to bottom. And John and I, we have three slides, and... We, we we primarily picked like some of the most damning evidence i think john was would that okay. be fair to say things that things that are that people need to know that that have been discovered or already knew i mean most yeah. most cuomo haters you kind of know that you know you know his greatest hits yeah you know he, you know his first album his greatest hits album now it's yeah. just that's the sexual harassment and sexual <laughs> exactly. we all know that but this this dives a little bit in the deeper of his panic, his inability for leadership. De Blasio doesn't look very well in this. No. The, the, um, the health association does not look very good in this. The There's department. a lot of people that did not handle. The um, Department of Health was a disaster in New York mm -hmm. State. Yeah, so let's, let's just dive right into really the first uh, bullet point here. The task force was essentially, this is pulled right from the report. The task force was essentially, quote, asked to examine what has happened during the pan during the pandemic to receive those lo uh, receiving long term care, whether the adverse effects suffered by those receiving long term care in New York systems could have been avoided. So that is a really good opening statement, I think. Yes. On that. And then basically talking about the testing. Now, I think this was really crucial, really where the foundation really started to crumble, you know, and all that kind of stuff. This is a huge sentence, quote, testing was crucial to the plans to keep COVID in check. The plan at its core was simple. Individuals showing symptoms of COVID would be tested. Uh, those testing positive would be isolated until they were no longer symptomatic, which was regarded as being no longer contagious. Again, that makes sense. The intent was to stay ahead of the disease to manage it. But the plan collapsed within a week. And can I throw a little bit of shade over Fauci's way? Go for it. That, that's when Fauci 
from where we're dating in around that, that's when Fauci started doing the asymptomatic. Yep. And uh, he he was false positives. False. Yeah, he was confusing the country at that same time. So I, I although yes, it's all New York. I I, I don't want to. I don't want to put out information not saying that it wasn't either a the administration mm-hmm. you know what i mean yep. that had something to do with it also yeah oh 100 percent. i think that's a good point john absolutely yeah i i think the constant and we've talked about this of course ad nauseum with with fauci it's like the constant media appearances really confused things as well that didn't help especially when the testing was starting to collapse within a week of it weeks yeah. weeks time really really poor um Warnings, quote, this is again right from the association report. Further signs appeared that New York State and the nation were not well prepared for COVID. That's an understatement. Uh, On February 6, 2020, in a letter to healthcare executives, New York State Health Commissioner Howard Zucker warned of expected shortages of personal protective equipment, or the PPEs. Think N95 masks, things along those lines. Gloves. Gloves, gowns, whatever the case may be. That warning was a strong indication that the state's public health authorities were expecting difficulties in meeting the challenge of COVID. So all of a sudden it's like, oh, you know, we've got this, we've got this. And uh, your health coaster is kind of going like, I'm not so sure we really do. This is not going to be good. You know, the that sounds like a big uh-oh right there. Uh-huh. Yeah, this is a big uh-oh spaghetti-o moment like, oh, right here. <laughs> but this was also around the time, I remember this email, if I can kind of put the timeline together for everybody. This is kind of the same time that Cuomo was on TV entirely too much, blaming Trump for not having ventilators. Yeah, yeah, and or not having enough beds, or whatever the case may be. Exactly, right? yeah. It was a, this was the political game that was being played during the same thing. Like, like I always say, I've always focused on the corruption behind. Yep. So if I could like set timelines, I would like to. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So this is definitely starting to go on. Speaking of, let's go on continuing. Confirmed cases. So the first confirmed case in New York, again, pulling right from the report, was announced on March 1st, 2020. On March 2nd, Governor Cuomo very confidently stated. So you have to imagine, right, in the early part of the report, there were warning signs. There were issues of PPEs not getting fully, of you know, with the New York State Health Commissioner kind of saying, hey, wait a minute, I'm not so sure we were really ready to meet. Cuomo in his typically braggadocious fashion, very confidently stated that New York was ready to meet the pandemic, John. New York had faced epidemics successfully before, would do so again. This isn't our first rodeo. We're fully coordinated, fully mobilized, fully prepared to deal with the situations. Of course, all of that was 100% BS. Yeah, and the fact that, but he does, he all the people do this with the we faced epidemics, so we're going to meet the pandemic. It's two different things. Oh, 100%. Like two 100%. different things. It's, it's, the rates are different. Like yep. it's, epidemics aren't as, that's why pandemics are here and epidemics are here. Like Yeah, exactly. Epidemic is like you're still able to control it, but the pandemic is where you've got widespread disease and that's where the issue really came into play. Yeah, exactly. And for him to make this kind of a statement just goes to show just what of a loser this guy was. Yeah, you're not, you're Especially not just- when you have... His state health commissioner saying, like, oh, I, I'm not so sure we're going to be able to meet the yeah, needs for PPEs. A little a little less than a month before he comes out and says this, he's already had a note from Zucker. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah, there's a, there could be a short, like, it's something you need to look into. Yeah. 
And we do know, we do know from, from evidence, he didn't do anything about that. Yeah, exactly. So let's continue on. Obviously, the emergency powers were then granted. Uh, and I love the association's report here. Quote, despite that confidence statement, which I absolutely loved, on that same March 2nd, Governor Andrew Cuomo asked for and was granted emergency powers by the legislature to meet the expected epidemic. Of course, at that point, it was a pandemic. Yes. You See, know, that was the biggest mistake they made. Yeah. The legislator time. made a huge mistake by giving him that power. Yeah, exactly. That's where it all falls apart right there. That's where it starts. The crumblings definitely start to happen in the foundations for sure. Closings. Now, this was a very controversial uh, course. Like some states remained open. Some states decided to close everything down very quickly. Apparently, in New York City, there was a clash between the mayor and the governor. According to the association's report, quote, closings became a flashpoint between Governor Cuomo and Mayor de Blasio, with the mayor moving to shut down New York City and its schools, only to be delayed by the governor. If I can if I can source those articles, I think I can because they're, they're in a folder somewhere. Trust me in preparation this podcast we were not we were not live at this point we would have been covering that 100 percent. but i do have some post articles saved somewhere on the drives um of that like they were they were not this was not good they were fu- uh in fighting against bars and restaurants and gyms mm-hmm. and cuomo was on their side but mm-hmm. then the, then to ultimately go against them in the end which was kind of weird I also remember, too, John, that de Blasio, about a month prior to all of this, was like, ah, oh, you know what, Don't you don't even have to worry about it. Don't even worry about wearing a mask. Don't even worry about doing this. Don't even worry about your favorite restaurants closing and all that kind of, all yeah. that kind of stuff. And obviously, they were clashing, clearly. The, ma- the mayor of the biggest city of our country, really, in terms of population you know density and all that kind of stuff and they're at odds this is not good this is obviously terrible uh and the fact that this was delayed by the governor mm-hmm. it's starting you can start to see a little bit of a panic starting to set in a little bit mm-hmm. it's not looking good at this point and so then we move on a few weeks later there's the emergency bed use situation an especially important event in terms of the state's health care capacity occurred on march 23rd so about three weeks later on that date governor cuomo issued an executive order i love how he just issues these executive orders john not even yeah. looking to his legislature issues an executive order requiring that all hospitals cancel elective surgeries to free up hospital beds urge that hospitals go beyond the order and increase their capacity by 100%. So those people that had cancer, those people that had, you know, knee surgeries, elbow surgeries, shoulder surgeries, you know, they were, maybe they needed to put this off, but the pain was starting to get more and more involved. Mm -hmm. Guess what? You're not getting those elective surgeries done, pal. No, they got rid of them really quick. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So those that had chronic pain, guess what? You're going to have to take the bullet, according to the governor. That's not exactly looking out for your, you know, for your constituencies. You're going to get locked down. That's not going to be good for yeah at all. Yeah, exactly. So we move on. This is our final slide. Nursing home statement. So a couple days later, on March 25th, the Department of Health issued the now infamous advisory to nursing homes. The advisory was explicitly issued out of concern for hospital capacity. It said so in its second sentence, quote, 
there is an urgent need to expand hospital hospital capacity in New York State to be able to meet the demand for patients with COVID requiring acute care, end quote. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, the backlash happens. The executive order closing nursing homes to visitors was obviously intended to check the spread of the virus. Whatever that order's efficacy in controlling the introduction of the virus, the order had certain unavoidable negative consequences. For the State Bar Association to admit to that, John, is huge, huge. They're not covering this up, man. No, no, not at all. Not yeah. at all. And they could easily have covered this up, which is, thank God they didn't. Yeah. They've had, this is this is a, a hard dose of reality that people need to look at. Yeah, big time. And then finally, our final note here was the Attorney General report. On January 28th, 2021, the Office of the Attorney General, or OAG, released a report entitled Nursing Home Response to the COVID-19 Pandemic. The Attorney General's report concluded that the Department of Health, New York State Department of Health, had been undercounting nursing home deaths and estimated that the full toll, now get this, was 50% higher than what the department had reported. Yes, which turns to be 15,000. Yeah. Yes. So they had already lost 7,500. Yep. Multiply that by, yeah, 15,000. Yeah. yeah, it was 15,000 was yeah. the total number that came out just recently. About now, that. just bear in mind, I want to, like, for all of our audience, that's only just three slides that John and I did. If you yeah. look at this entire report, you will be shocked. And be tired. because And be tired. It's a long read. It's a long read. But exactly. It's it's in the show notes, as always. The the article the, you can find it a million ways. We actually have it linked there, and we have the article in which we found it in. Yep, and a bunch of other articles. Post. I, mean, I just, should we should also mention this too. Out. Yeah, we should also mention this too, Johnny. Actually, within the report, the bar association links all individual articles within every point that they make. They have footnotes yeah. listed in there. Oh, absolutely. So and you can, that attorney general report is in that too. Mm -hmm. which we'll pull out and kind of make it prevalent if if people want to see that i think that would probably be a real good talking yeah. point in a future episode john if oh, we wanted to take a look at the oag report but let's no, just take us i want to look as, at all reports yeah exactly let's just take a step back from all of this um you know of course we we spent this week really pouring over the report john what what were your thoughts on it talk to me about your uh your thoughts Nothing was shocking in that report at all. It's it's stuff we already knew, but it's it's the first time in our lifetime yeah. that something this magnitude wasn't covered up. Yeah. That's what kind of blew my mind. Yeah. This is something you wouldn't get a two, 242 page report mm -hmm. from a governor making a mistake. Just yeah. look just look at past problems look at look at uh the tornadoes in uh louisiana mm -hmm. i'm sorry the hurricanes in louisiana and florida and where we know governors and presidents and mm -hmm. and people made mistakes they were 11 pages maybe 108 pages and you know mostly glossed over this one really got into the heart of who was the problem oh yeah and it was and a the problem was the governor clearly because he you start to look at the timeline, and I love the fact that the report really starts from the beginning. Mm -hmm. It names the fact that the virus 
originated in Wuhan, China. So I don't want to hear this conspiracy theory. Oh, did it really originate in China? Is the virus racist? That's a bunch of horse shit. So let's just can we way, turn for, the page on that, please. For Thank fun, you for funsies. If you haven't seen John Stewart's great, great thing on Colbert the other day. About- <laughs> Lab. Just I don't care about coronavirus. He was he is funny. He was funnier than he's ever been. Nice. Like that it was it was yeah. I, I'm a big John Stewart fan. I don't like his politics. Yeah. But I'm a fan of his he's a good comedian. Yeah. And he took his politics and put his comedic run to it and it was it it had me it had me crying watching a watching That's awesome. Yeah. Life. That's awesome. But yeah, it's like they just go through the entire timeline and, and basically they also provide recommendations on what to do in terms of really when, when something like this happens again, what is the best case, you know, their, their recommendations on what to do. That's also a really good read through as well. We don't have that here in our slides, but there are some really, really good points in there. Um, you know, everything from, I, I mean something i can't even remember off the top of my head but they were excellent recommendations so I, we would encourage our, our, our listeners and things like that look at this report it is excellent okay. real good and you can see the panic you can definitely see the panic developing in the governor as this virus starts to happen and he's asking for things and he apparently gets stonewalled by the president quote unquote but it's like well that didn't really happen they were and clearly the testing was i think john the biggest the yeah. biggest hurdle the, the biggest block that really kind of you pull that away and the house all of it came crumbling down because they were like oh yep we're ready and it's like the testing was a joke it was a joke uh, in the early days I, of the I, pandemic I, I mean i mean 50 percent of the nursing community came out and said that globally yeah said that that yeah that it, there, there weren't oh there weren't a lot of people a fan of the testing Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Originally, in the in the uppers of the countries. Um, yep. Yeah, it's a, it's a, I, and that, it was totally that, uncomfortable. I mean, they're basically with a swab going right up your nostril, you know, your navel cavity, and it's like, whoa, okay, this well, is really. Why do you need to be close to my brain? Yeah, exactly. You <laughs> want to just take anything out of there? I, I'm not sure if anything's in there, but no. <laughs> Yeah, yeah just, I mean, it's like the testing really was the, the foundational piece that really kind of just let everything kind of crumble. And then you have the infighting between the governor and the mayor. I, that to me was like, wow, I didn't even remember that. You know, my biggest problem with that whole thing was, and I'm sure this was everywhere. I'm not sure. I'm not an expert in COVID testing at all. I just know mm. they popped up everywhere. Mm. Um, anywhere I was in the United States during that time. Yep. I mean, they were literally in like trailers like just dropped off trailers and there was one person in protective gear and it was yeah. like COVID testing, you know, 15 minutes or less or whatever, like, you know, whatever. sounds like a tagline. I mean, it's like, you know, it's like, it's like five minute, you know, uh, oil changes. Like it yeah. reminded me of that. Like literally, <laughs> yeah. if I can make an analogy of what it felt like looking at it, it's literally when you see like Jiffy Lube, like five minutes, you're like, that's going to take you 11. Yeah. So <laughs> exactly. Like 15 minutes. I'm like, dude, I, if I got it's tested, like, that would be an hour and a half. Cause yeah. you don't you know what you're doing no no but they were and you know to 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 not to make fun of them because they Mm. were volunteered you know nurses doing this and and that you know so but all support for the healthcare workers oh you guys did you guys did everything you humanly possibly Possibly could 
when every administration was against you. Yeah, exactly. That's how I feel about the whole thing. I could not agree with you, you more, every John. governor, well, not every governor, but most governors, most mayors, the president, the idiot, you know, who was in charge of the coronavirus. The quack, yeah. Yeah, he's yeah. against you, not trying to help. No. And keeps moving the goalposts and all that kind of stuff. It's like, yeah, I mean, kudos. And I, I know of, like, at least three people uh, within my own circle, John, that were like on the front lines every single day with that. And it's, <laughs> and it's got, God bless, God bless you. Cause you were there and you, you know what it's about, but yeah. the corruption, like, again, it's not about COVID. It's about the corruption behind COVID. behind it. Me. Um, no. Yeah. It's the, I know that the healthcare workers could have did a better job if they yeah. were given a leg to stand on. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. I couldn't agree with you more on that. So yeah, we encourage you to take a look at that report. Absolutely. But let's turn the page, John, oh, yeah. shall we? Because uh, I think we have a lunatic uh, in, in Chicago that oh, yeah. I think okay. really Talk needs to mayors, be... Man. Talk about mayors, man. I love de Blasio, not. Uh, but uh, <laughs> I don't like this lady. <laughs> like, even more. She is an absolute lunatic. So this is actually right. from MSN, but the original article came from the Chicago Tribune. And we're not paying for the Sugar Tribune because they're not that good. Exactly. Uh, yeah. They're, this was a very interesting article because we called her out last a couple weeks ago for her yeah. blatant racism. Um, Mayor Lori Lightfoot, once again, she's subbing in for Phil Murphy, John. You know, line change, she's coming in. Lori Lightfoot says email ripping aid over lack of office time that drew comparisons to a scene in The Shining. Mm-hmm. Was born out of frustration, John. Born out of frustration. Okay. Okay, there's a difference between psychopathic behavior and frustrating behavior. I'm just saying. <laughs> she repeated. Repeatedly. Repeated. Yes. A <laughs> yeah. sentence over and a, that. Okay. That is a 16-year-old boy or a 16-year-old girl that just got broken up with. It's like, I love you. 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 Don't leave me. Don't leave me. Don't leave me. Don't leave me. <laughs> exactly that's what like you don't as an adult i'm just we should emphasize this as an adult yeah, i'm making an, an adult to child <laughs> as an adult you don't send an email yeah yeah that you're repeating the same thing 16 times exactly you either a or dumb which that we could throw that one at her see if it sticks mm-hmm. you're either dumb or you are a narcissist. Yeah, huh? And you look down on everybody, everybody that works for you. Which I think it's definitely the latter with this woman. She has her eyes looking like this, John. No. Like she's now, got her nose looking And if you if you don't if you don't understand the severity when I say literally one sentence sixteen times, the email is in the Tribune. Uh, it's, it's shocking. An, an article that links the Tribune article. They they apparently MSN pays the Tribune so they could steal their stuff. I don't know. They <laughs> <laughs> have a contract. Who knows? Thanks MSN for doing what you did, so we don't have to pay for news. Let me let me just let me just uh, read this real quick. Mayor Lori Lightfoot on Monday said in a much circulated email, which she berated an aide was born out of frustration, and she's now in a better place. Well, that's good. I'm glad she is in a better place, John. She's in a better place than what? Saying I need office time, time every day, every like, day, like, sixteen times in a row. 
Not just once a week, on some days, every day, she wrote an additional ten times. Wow. I, I don't even know what to... I mean, wow. imagine being on the receiving end, John, of that kind of an email. Just... Well, trying to get in the psychopath yeah because most of most of the aides and the people are people trying to come up they want to get in that position and they want to and that's like a that's non-leading you're not you're you were setting a bad example Mm -hmm. on how to lead first of all Mm -hmm. that is something that is something that you can simply you know pull someone aside hey i need here's a schedule that looks I'm just trying to make it normality in work. Like, mm-hmm. So here's the schedule that kind of works for me. You can even send that email. Mm-hmm. Can you schedule it a little bit? Like, like I understand that you, you have a tough job because maybe mm-hmm. she has more media appearances because coronavirus than normal. But hey, can you maybe not send me to like two or three of those media mm-hmm. because they're inconsequential? I'm just repeating the same thing over again. Over and over again. This time yep you can work it out as a human that's yeah. I, that's what i'm trying to that's the point i'm trying to make i, I totally agree with you yeah I, I think the idea that you know for me like of course i work in an office all the time if i get something like that that's an immediate deletion and i'm reaching out like i'm calling that person and saying like what a what you, you don't have to repeat yourself in an email 16 times yeah, you can come to me yeah, and talk weird. to me you know, and I think, you know, the other thing, too, and this just hit me as as you were speaking, John, the idea that, well, it's justified because I was frustrated. Frustration is born out of anger. Yeah. And, and anger resides in foolish people. So, I mean, it doesn't take long to kind of put two and two together there. No, it's, you're, it's, absolutely, it's absolutely true. And it's, yeah. it's especially when you're in an office environment like that. Yeah. I don't, I don't care if her aide messed up every day. Yeah. And this was like the end of the week where she she didn't give her office time all week. There's a better and more mature way to handle it. Yeah. There's something called a performance review. There's something called a, you know, yeah. a 90 day review. There's something called a one on one time with your boss, you know, or something along those lines where you're able to at least come together and just talk things out and hash yeah, things out. Expectations like they're, they're and level a, set expectations a more mature way. Then you know, I, I hate picking on these people, but th- stop doing dumb stuff and it being popped up in the news because I do a news podcast. I hate. I hate yeah. being judgmental to these people, but come on. Yeah, exactly. That email is ridiculous. Ridiculous. <laughs> That's not even like <laughs> sketchy places, and it's still not okay there. Part of it is hilarious, but the other part is like, yeah, it's like this woman has just lost her damn mind, and yeah, she's lost her mind a couple. She lost her mind a couple weeks ago, and even prior to that. So, you know, if you're a Chicagoan, I mean, you know, when's the next election? I mean, you got to get her out of office. I mean, she's clearly not qualified to lead. She might need to let herself out. Just to, just to end this on a note, don't be like her. Don't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't do that. Don't be afraid to go to your boss if there's something wrong. If you feel that you feel slighted, go to your boss, talk to them in person on the phone. Don't let it get to that point where you're it's so weird. a teenager so but you know what ha- happened you know what has to happen to be in 
into the Fat Five. Like you have to, there has to be a process that's done. You have to lose your ever loving mind before <laughs> we even consider you. So that's why exactly, literally, that's the first thing that needs to happen. Exactly. But here's one person that really has not lost his mind and really has actually, I think, joined our side, John, on the on the fight for good. I guess you could say it's uh, well, John Voight. Yeah, he's. Um, he's He's definitely against Hunter Biden, which I'm all for. Which is amazing. I, it's not just that, but he's also slamming the media hypocrisy, which we're a big fan of here. I'll tell you that right now. This is a Yahoo News article, which is shocking that it came from Yahoo yeah. News. Again, that's why I love pulling these. When I can find them written by people that I don't respect and they're saying the same thing I'm, the world's changing. Mm-hmm. Actor John Voigt slammed the media for remaining silent on the controversy surrounding Hunter Biden and his use of the N-word in text messages. Of course, we went over that last episode. Subsequently praising former Donald, President Donald Trump for leading the country with dignity while he was in the White House. That That's up for debate, but I get where he's coming from. Yeah, I could totally argue that point. Yeah, exactly. Uh, this is Voigt speaking. What is this? A race? A war? The left, they're okay with slurs it's okay for biden's son to use racist slurs and no one says a word not the media no one i would disagree with him only because i think a lot he's of part of the media complex of the conservative mm-hmm. side mm-hmm. they are speaking out they're calling him out as they're calling out hunter biden as a racist which he clearly is needs help but the slam CNN, MSNBC, they're covering for their own tracks. Come on, that's who they are. We don't need them to be reformed as much as we would love for them to be reformed. Yeah, it's but they're it's, presenting that ridiculous side of the aisles news. You know, that's who they are. That's who they cater to. I disagree. I disagree with him. Like yep. on his prank. He's coming from a far right perspective which is which is okay because that's his right to do that yep. yep i don't know if i agree with all of it but i definitely agree what he what he's talking about with with the media and biden because that's just a huge cover-up yeah and i think the, the a, big question and, and i do check that i do completely agree with them yeah on the on the next line that it's why a, is it okay to beat yeah. president trump with cruel intention against his beautiful family well, you can leave the beautiful family out, but they, the media did. Yeah. All the media went after the entire Trump family. Like, so I do, I, you know, whether, whether this is just as rightfully, if you're going to say like them going after Trump's family was rightful, yep. going after Hutton Biden is exactly the same. Yeah. And that's where the standard, I think, to your point, and I the think standards have to be the same. same. He's showing a big, a huge bias to Trump. Yeah. But oh yeah, I do kind of understand what he's saying there. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah, and I if think it's that's okay for one. It's definitely okay for the other. Okay for the other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I think that's where. Speaking of our form of media here, Johnny, you know, with two noobs, it's like we we made it a point at the beginning part. We want to think thirty thousand feet, right? We want that huge, exactly. broad view that we see everything, and to some extent, to Voight's point. He's right on the money. There is definitely, when you have a CNN going heavily with the supposed justification that Trump is like, oh, God, he's a threat to our democracy. That's but not also, your call to make as a media also, member. But also Fox News was doing the same thing. Bingo. Yes. But then all of a sudden Fox News is doing the, the Hunter Biden thing and then CNN is CNN, you hear yes. crickets. Yeah. 
It's it's weird. And I'm not a I'm not a huge fan yeah. of Fox News or CNN mm-hmm. or MSNBC. I don't like. I, I go I go out of the country for most of my news because they actually report on us objectively. It's really amazing, yeah, isn't it? Like if you go to a gar- you could go to like BBC or something like that. It's like much better news it's than little, you it's get a little here. Better than, yeah, it's a little better. Yeah, it's a little more objective, which is which is good. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, I think the the idea of the media hypocrisy is like that's something that it's a huge thing. It's a huge, it's a huge thing. thing, and I get points of view. I get it, but at the same time, it's like. If something is clear and obvious, it should be reported as clear this is, and this obvious. Is a, this is not a Trump versus Biden thing. This is this is a Hunter Biden's racist. Yes. Like it has nothing to do. It's not about the the president. It's not about the former president. It's not about yeah. It's not about any of that. It's like, literally. I think Voight went that way. Mm-hmm. Which I mean, that's that's the conservative talking points that's how they that's how a conservative gets to where they're going yeah you know what i mean just, yeah. <laughs> it, it is that way well that didn't happen over it, they're always comparing oh yeah oh for sure um, yeah <laughs> but what i think he's saying with the media is is dead on oh 100 percent. yeah i this couldn't agree more be, this dude should be racked through the coals like like kanye west was ran through more coals because he cheated on Kim Kardashian. Yeah. You know what I mean? He was drugged through more coals than Hunter Biden is, and Hunter Biden's a flat out racist. Racist. Yeah. Like that's yeah. my that's my problem with the whole Couldn't thing. agree. Yeah, I couldn't agree more on that. Yeah. It, and I think, you know, it, it goes I, I love the fact that, you know, he's a pity pity of a man. And I agree. I mean, you know, looking yeah. at him, Hunter, I mean clearly needs help clearly needs all kinds of medical issues you know and, and psychological issues there, oh my I mean, there's, gosh. A ton, there's a ton more stuff we're just we're just picking the surface like if you want to really get in a hunter about it there's a ton of information a ton of information on them yeah which i can't even imagine living like that john like if I, in the public eye and like everything is out there for me it's yeah, like especially in the public eye like i don't want to be that dude as a, as a private citizen no you imagine being a public oh. citizen and being that much of a piece of no. shit that's got to be hard work for him. He's got to be working pretty hard to be that big of a piece of shit in the public eye. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, he could have yeah. just, just, he's got a, that body's got plenty of money. He could have just bought a, you know, little shack in Maine. And, yeah, or like put him yeah, in, like put him in a, like an island or something like that. Away well, they, from already, they already owned one, but the media doesn't want to talk about that either. Um, Might be a bit of a problem. I'll dig deep on Biden's. <laughs> what is it, in the Catalinas? Uh, uh, let's just say it, um, it's close to somewhere famous. That's another island. Gotcha. Okay. Just leave it at that. I gotcha. I gotcha. Loud and clear. That's all. Love it. So let's, uh, let's continue on with this because you, John, particularly had a fondness and a love for this article and I'm so glad you found it. I giggled. This is an article from Rolling Stone, and it's like this is our first ever Rolling Stone article. Yeah, I don't like reading them, but man, <laughs> Roger Waters, who was part of, uh, I think he was part of Pink Floyd, right? He's part of the band. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Roger Waters Rude. says he rejected Facebook's offer to use another brick in the wall in ad. And uh, so I'll just read right from the pull quote down there below. Roger Waters told the press at a recent pro. Julian Assange event that Facebook approached him about using the 1979 Pink Floyd classic Another Brick in a Wall Part 2 in an upcoming advertisement for Instagram. 
It arrived this morning with a huge, huge amount of money, Waters said. And the answer is, F you, no effing way. <laughs> I only mention that because it, this is an insidious movement of them to take over absolutely everything, he continued. I will not be a party to this BS, Mark Beaker Zuckerberg. Love it, John. What are your I, thoughts on it? Yes. Go ahead. Well, this is the, I, I love that that people that people actually have power are now standing up to this guy. Yeah, because this guy's been bullying private citizens for years. Mm-hmm. We know this. Yeah, we we know this. We documented this. Yeah. Yep. Two thousand eight, two thousand nine. It started the communist regime of Facebook, where <laughs> you Facebook jail just by writing something that might be half controversial but completely true. Well, one of us was definitely in Facebook jail up there. <laughs> well, I, that's why I, I had... Badge of honor, John. You know? Greatest Facebook post is we should... Uh, it shouldn't be people you may know. It should be what your jail time is. So you, you fit appropriately with the friends that you are you were gathered with. Can you imagine if that were like on your, uh, your profile picture, how many times you've been caught in Facebook jail? Do you know how many more friends I would have? I bet you probably would. Because I would be like, oh, great. Like, oh, good. You're anti establishment. Good. You're anti establishment. Exactly. Not that Facebook's establishment. Facebook yeah. was supposed to be anti establishment, but now they've become establishment. Oh, they've become the establishment. There's no question about it. They're definitely within the Washington bureaucratic uh, administrative state regime. No question about that. Every time he speaks. But you know for Waters I- to do this, to stand up and to just say, you know, F you. Like, really? To Zuckerberg. It's like, I love it. I love it. He's protecting his own. His music, his art, his, you know, what he created. And yeah. Pink Floyd's a great band. But it's like, love that. It's like the pushback, like, from these artists, I think, has to come. And the fact that, you know, that he essentially, like, Zuckerberg was attempting to pay off Waters for his, uh, for his, uh, for his song. Well, A, it's a great song. So he knew, he, at least Zuckerberg knows it's a good song and was going to give him a, a, you know, a hefty sum of money. Oh, yeah. I'm glad. Well, I mean, but again, another brick in the wall. Is it a song written about conformity for Instagram? It's, it was yeah. a song. Written. Yeah. And yeah. I don't, I mean, this kind of gives like a tangent point, John. Let's talk about like music. You know, it seemed like I remember back in the day where it was really impossible to download songs. And I remember like the music artists were like, no way. We don't want any pirated copies of our of my art going out there, you know that kind of deal. And I feel this is the same thing with Waters and Zuckerberg. Well, this is this is the thing where I lost a ton of respect for Zeppelin. Um, Not Mm. that I don't listen to their music, but they what have they been eighty five Cadillac commercials? You know what I mean in the nineties, and it's the big business of music. Just it always turned me off. Like I, Mm. I hate it. I understand. You take that payday. That's your music. You know what I mean? That's yep. yours. It's not It's not mine. Not somebody else's. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. It's yours. You did it. And would I do it? Probably if mm-hmm. I was in that position. Mm-hmm. But as a music fan that turned me off big time, mm-hmm. because like, I don't want my favorite song to be a car commercial. It yeah. takes away the song from me. Maybe that's selfish of me, but it takes away the song from me. I could totally understand that. No, seriously. I mean, it's like, if you're listening to it, what's your mind going to think if you hear it as a commercial? You're going to be thinking about the commercial more than the song. You're not going to, and that's, and I don't like that. 
I don't like that in the way of the TV anyway and commercials and that kind of stuff. That kind of brings me to that whole tangent about like, you know, the U the US patent for the TV actually calls it a mind control device. Like legitimately, I can produce the patent. Um, <laughs> it literally says it. Um, but I'm not a big TV. You know, I'm not a big TV fan. I'm not a big commercial fan. I, you know, I stream my music. I stream, I stream mm -hmm. my, my sports. I don't yep. really, I watch wrestling on TV when I'm in a hotel just for background noise, because everybody knows what it's like to be in a hotel alone. Oh you yeah. Need background noise. Oh, 400%. Um, yep. But that, like, I'm not really, I'm not going out of my way to, you know, watch Dick Clark's rockin' New Year's Eve on TV for 11 hours. It's not me. It's just yeah. not because I don't like that level of sellout dumb yeah. that happens. You know, where, where the corporate media and the corporations get to pay for this music. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it, it, it's off-putting to me. It really, no, I agree. I really, agree. And I love that he said, not that he said no, that he said no. No effing way. Yeah. Zuckerberg. Cause yeah. I, the thing with me and Zuckerberg is, I hate him to a point where every time he gives an interview, I want the camera just to fall and hit him. Like, I just want him to. And he's looking worse. Yeah, he's looking terrible. He really he's is. by the day. It's bad. Yeah, like, you can see, like, the aging on him is just going downhill he's, he's fast weird. with him. White as a ghost. Yeah. His, head, his head's weirdly shaped now. It kind of looks no, like No, it looks like an alien. No, seriously, I mean. Yo, just as a funny joke, when Jeff Bezos said he was going up in the in the airplane, you heard that the Amazon guy he was going airplane. My first reaction to the dude I work with was like, "What? He's going back to his home planet?" He's talking about sex. <laughs> <laughs> his coffee out. <laughs> like, oh, he's going back to his home planet. Might Don't as well. Alien. Might as well. His head. It's weird. Oh, it's <laughs> awesome. That's really funny. Look at no. Bezos and Zuckerberg. If you don't think that they are. They are 20th century aliens. We can't be friends. John, I'm telling you, though, if you get rid of, like you said, you get rid of Section 230, oh, they're done. <laughs> they are done, are they not? I mean, seriously. They would be so done. And it would be, I, I really hope, if it flips to that, it flips to the other party. Well, if you're here. in Florida, if, in your, if you're in Florida mm -hmm. and you don't, if you don't like how you're treated, you can sue. You can sue. Uh, you can sue TikTok. You can sue Facebook. You can sue Instagram. That's a, DeSantis already did it. I haven't read if Abbott did it here. Yeah, um, I think the only one that I know of is DeSantis that yeah. basically said, "You can sue Facebook if you're." Yeah, he just changed. He changed some kind of law. I don't. I don't. I don't. And if it's probably within it. their own state. Yeah, it's definitely yeah. within their state. We'll figure yeah. out how to get that out there. That's actually a good That's point. actually another good article. Yeah, we should definitely throw that in there. Yeah, hey, look, sure. we're doing pre-production in production. <laughs> Don't you love it? I love that. It's great. Two noobs know what we're doing. Yeah, exactly. We're just coming up with ideas all the time. That's the thing. Firing off so. episode after episode. Episode, yeah, exactly. 155. We'll see you guys there. <laughs> we're cranking out two episodes a week. What the heck? Um, but yeah, John. Happy segment, right? This, I think, this um, article that we originally found, and you forwarded me the YouTube clip, which I'll play in a minute. Just an amazing story, is it not? I mean, we could talk a little bit about it before I play the clip. Yeah, but it, it, it shows it shows that this world isn't lost because I I I have kids of this age, and just to see their willingness to help and you know 
carry on. It's so great. Yeah. And there's so many stories out here that we just have to pick. We pick one every time, but it, it's normally about a child who is far smarter than their years allow them to be. Oh, and this yeah. Just, that's how I'm going to set it up. Like, this is just genius. That's, that's perfect intro. Let's go ahead and play this clip. A high school grad is headed to Harvard, but before she starts her college career, she's helping others to do the same. Verda Tetto was awarded a $40,000 scholarship, 40000 but gave all of it back. Asking instead that the money go to someone who is struggling to pay for college. Ken McLeod has the story. No one had the chance to say, don't give away 40000 <laughs> She chuckles about it now, but 17-year-old Verda Tetta dropped jaws at Friday's Fitchburg High graduation. Yes, I would do it again. Sorry, again, for interrupting. What the straight-A student did was win the school's coveted scholarship for general excellence, 10 grand for each of the next four years, only to unexpectedly return to the podium within minutes to turn it down. It is such a great honor, but I also know that I am not the most in need of it. Yes, it turns to Harvard. Verda, who is Harvard-bound with a bunch of other scholarships, suggested the money go to a struggling fellow student or students for whom it might open a door to community college. I'm excited to see who, who it helps and, you know, how that changes their life. So I am so happy that, you know, God gave me the strength to do that. That standing ovation followed some moments of reflection for Verda, during which she heard the assistant principal urge grads to be bold and selfless, and that made her think of her mom, an immigrant who often works 80-hour weeks to provide for her family. Verda's mom brought her to this country as a child from their native Ghana, always stressing the importance of education. In fact, mom earned her bachelor's degree at a local community college at the age of 47. Which is why Rosemary Tetta is so proud of her daughter's spontaneous decision. Now I am 100% sure she's ready to go into the world on her own. I feel that, you know, God has gotten me this far and he will take me the rest of the way. The details of who now gets her scholarship haven't been worked out. But as Verda tackles her pre-med regimen at Harvard this fall, even if she comes up a few bucks short here and there, she'll know she did the right thing. Whatever happens, someone else needed it more. In Fitchburg, Ken McLeod, WBZ News. Wow, she is a class act. My jaw is on the floor. <laughs> I could not be more impressed with her. With her and her mother working 80 hours a week, the pride she feels now. Great story there yes. by Ken McLeod. Bravo. Uh, one thousand percent agree uh, with that story. My God, I don't. I don't like the way they fell all over her. That was a little. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, guys. You, you have. You have. Where was the sports guy in the corner, like drinking the beer and smoking the cigar? I mean, come on. What, what the hell? Communications. Come on. We could do that. Great story. Great, great story. story. Great story. Just great story. That's. I don't different. think that. I mean, that that if is that... that. If more people did that on. The oh. Day, this world would be a better place. Oh, 100%. It's as simple as that. If, yeah. more people, if more people do that, the better off everybody will be. Yeah. It's, it doesn't take like a summa cum laude student to do it. It could be anybody. That's the whole point. Yeah, you know, It could be anybody that says, you know what, I'm going to pass this free offer up. I want somebody else to have it. Whoa. That's unbelievable. Yeah, because Especially, I yeah. It's, it's, you need need. That seems to be like a favorite phrase around here. I don't, I don't know. I, you know. It seems to be a favorite it, phrase it around here. It seems to work. Yeah, it, it seems, seems to work. work. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly.
So, John, my goodness, this is just so much fun, but I'm not going to be uh, hosting episode 39 next week. Of course, oh, you're no. going to have somebody new to join we you next week. We don't know who's going to be hosting. We'll figure it out. Yeah, we'll have to figure that out. We have but... one more thing before we uh, we send you off. Just Let's give you do it. That's right. One final uh, happy. Yes, we got to talk about this. Beautiful Stars and Stripes um, article here. Brothers who died at Pearl Harbor finally rest in peace together. John, I think you made mention of this. Uh, every single time we get a chance to talk about the World War II generation. Absolutely. For the first time in nearly 80 years since Japanese torpedoes tore through the USS Oklahoma on December 7th, 1941, brothers Harold and William Trapp, who grew up together, joined the Navy together, and served and died on the same battleship, are now resting together in peace at the Punch Bowl Cemetery. That's amazing. Uh, they were originally interred as unknowns, uh, one casket on top of the other, uh, but after the fence, POW, MIA, accounting agency identified them and notified the family back in November last year. That's awesome. I feel relieved, said Carol Sowar, 70, their niece, who flew out from Albuquerque for the service. I have been crying off and on for seven months, and then all of a sudden I feel peace and I have closure. I know where they should be. That's what it's all about, Johnny, right there, right? Yeah, yeah, it's it's 100%. It's bringing them home, and that's the one thing that that agency is doing. And we talk about it every week almost, like, the technology we have is so oh. it's it's huge. It's huge. They're coming home. They're coming home from from eighty years ago. Yeah. It's and we've giving got, we've that, that peace. We got a bright future if that's if that's happening. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah, a hundred percent. I I couldn't agree more. And yeah, I I think there was what was it a couple episodes ago we found an article where somebody was identified with like what was it with a y chromosome rna or something like yeah, that or yeah, dna a, analysis and they found yeah, somebody it was yeah, that's what they're using and it's it's, it's <laughs> over and over again and you're you're seeing more of these articles i'd love to actually dig we're doing you know pre-production in 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 production uh i'd love to actually <laughs> come up with more articles and find more things about that it's 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 just so heartwarming yeah that they're finally coming home because that's the one thing that is unsettling I think with everybody, no doubt, is that they're not all home. Yeah, they sacrificed the ultimate thing for us, but yet mm. not all of them got to come home, and yeah. that's that's I, coming home is the most important thing, I think, in the world mm. for everything. For when you mm. go to work, you know, coming home and seeing your family, when you you know, coming home is is just it just a, it's a heartfelt thing, and yeah. and to know that they finally did yeah. is great. Coming home for the holidays, coming home from work, coming home. It's, from it's, a, it's a recurring theme with humans. Yeah. And to bring these two soldiers back finally. Yeah. It's yeah. It yeah makes I mean, happy. yeah, it's great. I mean, it's such a great, great story. And as always, we stand on the shoulders of giants with that generation. So it's we great that do, two of them are now identified at home. Them. Yeah, it's great we stuff. Did. They did it so we could do this. Exactly. And thank God for that, you know, because I enjoy doing this with you, brother. I really do. But, um, yeah, so that wraps up. You'll be sorely missed next week. Yeah, I'll be wrapping up episode 38. Of course, I will not be here next week. Some some other 
uh, lunatic will come in for me, I guess. I don't know. Kidding, another, not lunatic. But... <laughs> Let's just say a good friend of ours will be yeah. uh, will be stepping into the host shoes, I guess you could say. We don't know. Uh, where talking over with John should be a lot of fun. He uh, might but... be just running around, and I'll have to wrangle him. You know, never know with him. You never know. Yeah. <sighs> he might be off doing a YouTube channel. I don't know. I'll have to figure yeah. that out, but. As always, John, it's our shameless plug segment. So let's talk about where people can find us, man. We are on socials. We are not really on Facebook that much because we don't like it. No. Uh, but we'll, we'll try to get better with that. But we are on Instagram. We're pulling a Roger Waters. They're saying, the heck with you, Facebook. You know. It's so true. We're on Instagram and we are on Clapper and TikTok. TikTok's more my favorite thing. I spend a lot of time on that. So that's more where, where you see two new stuff pop out. Love it. Of course, our main YouTube channels are where our show is obviously posted, and we'd love for you to subscribe to our channel, like and share our videos as well to get the word out. And of course, we're also on the audio side. We love our audio listeners, don't we, Johnny? Absolutely. From Brazil to Washington State to to Virginia, Florida, yeah. it, it's we love it. Like if you listen awesome to stuff. us, thank you, thank you, thank you. We are on Apple Podcast, Google Chrome, uh, Google Podcast, uh, Spotify. But who the fuck likes them? Um, <laughs> <laughs> joking for our spotify listeners that go easier exactly um, and then right. our show notes yeah our show notes of course are right here uh i pulled them up i don't know why i did that but anyway okay. they're like right here uh so you can make that throw like, so you can make uh, that, yeah the free throw uh two noobs talking at wordpress.com of course for our show notes and again we really encourage you to sign up for that especially now because of that 242 page report i mentioned at the top of the show that is huge Look at that report, read it. It's excellent. It's really, really good. And it'll also talk about really good recommendations. But yeah, Tunub's talking at WordPress.com for your for the show notes. And again, enter in your email address, hit the enter button, those show notes show up in the very next day. John, my man, 38 is done. In the can. Got anything final to say, bud? Matt. Yeah. Come back from the rabbit hole. Oh, I, I definitely will. Okay, thanks. <laughs> Talk to y'all next week. Take care. Oh.